What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Adaptable Athlete Podcast powered by Emergence. I am your host, Coach Hob. Thank you so much for joining me today for today's episode. And speaking of that, for today's episode, we are going to be discussing a topic that I feel is very relevant and very important. You know, more and more people are starting to become aware of a modern approach to skill acquisition. Terms like ecological dynamics and constraints-led approach and affordances are being discussed more readily, but I do feel like there is a little bit of a gap into how to actually apply these ideas. So that's what I'm hoping today's episode will provide for you. We're going to be discussing three ways that you can make your practice more ecological. My goal with this episode is to provide you with three ways that you can take from today's episode and then immediately apply into your practice tomorrow. Obviously, this list of things is not going to be exhaustive, and there is no substitute for really understanding the underpinning theory behind what I'm going to be discussing. But I do feel like this will give you maybe some direction if you're new to this approach, or perhaps if you've been doing this for a while, maybe it will be affirming to what you're already doing. So I'm super excited to bring this content and bring this episode to you here today. Before we get to the episode, I want to discuss an important announcement from me and the team over at Emergence. You may have seen this on social media, but we could not be more excited to announce that the Sport Movement Skill Conference, the SMSC as we call it, is back this year. It is back on October 6th and October 7th. This format is going to be completely new and we're really excited about it because it is a hybrid format. So we're going to be doing a online, an online lecture portion, which is going to be available to you and available after uh, the presentations. That is going to be the 6th and 7th, and that is going to be in the morning. Now, after those morning lectures, we're going to be doing an on-field practical presentation. So that's right. You get to meet with us and the team in Emergence, and we're going to be taking you through some of the methods and some of the ways that we do it and apply these ideas, but also helping to answer any questions that you might have. So in the morning on the 6th, there's going to be lectures. And then afterwards, there's going to be an applied part. And the same thing with the 7th. We're going to be doing an offsite event as well to help answer any questions that you might have and maybe dive a little bit deeper into how you can apply these ideas into your own setting. Now that that's out of the way, let's get right on to our episode. Thanks for joining me. All right, so the first concept we're going to be talking about today in order to make your practice more ecological is going to be the idea of adding variability. Oftentimes, right, when we look at a traditional approach to skill acquisition, a traditional approach to practice design, variability is seen as something that is negative, right? We typically strive for perfection, for an athlete to perfect one specific technical model, one way of moving. And what I'm saying, and what the more modern approach to skill acquisition is saying, is to embrace this idea of variability. And there are ways that you can do that within your practice. One thing that I will say to keep in the back of your mind is to not strive for perfection, but to strive for adaptability. This idea of having your athlete become attuned to their environment and then be able to solve problems in many different ways right? To be able to execute a movement in many different ways under varying degrees of complexity. So as a coach, what do you have to do? Number one, you have to be okay with a little bit of messiness. You have to be okay. What we would think as imperfection 
of things that are a little bit messy and understanding this is where learning is occurring. That as an athlete is trying these various movement solutions, and it could be as simple as doing a lunge from many different ways. It could be as simple as solving a problem for, for different ways or you know varying degrees of complexity. We have to understand that this is not a bad thing, that if we see a mistake, and I'm saying that with air quotes, that it is not the end of the world, that that can lead to an opportunity for learning for our athletes. So what are some of the ways that we can practically do this? So one thing you can do, even if it's just you and an athlete, like a lot of people say that, you know, what if it's just me? What if I don't have other athletes present? Well, number one, get your butt as a coach inside that activity with that athlete to give them an opponent, but maybe you can't do that. Okay. So one thing you can do is just vary up. Like say it's a sprint activity where they're sprinting or a sprint drill. Some might call it just change how they start, right? You could change the starting position of the athlete. You could change where their feet are orientated, where they're facing. That could be one easy thing. If it's an activity like an invasion activity where you have one athlete trying to score to get across something like in rugby or American football, you could simply change the boundaries, right? You could start with shorter boundaries. You change how, how wide your, your field is. You could then go wider. You could go more narrow, right? So these are easy things you can do. Another thing that you can do is add more uh, bodies in there. Maybe it's a 2v1 instead of a 1v1. So these are ways to promote more variability within your practice design. Even going away from on-field or on-court activities, you could think about how you would do it in the weight room setting. Right? Instead of always having your athlete's squat base be the same, you could have them change their base up, change up where their foot position is, or even change up the tempo of their squats. These are easy things that you can do to add variability to your practice design, to your weight room sessions. You know, it, it is essentially manipulating constraints, but I don't want everybody to get lost in the sauce. I don't want everybody to get lost in the terminology. Think about adding in variability to your practice. And this goes back to this idea that my colleague, Sean Mishka, has been saying for years and that Nikolai Bernstein said many, many years ago, but repetition without repetition. So not repeating the same thing, wrote repetition over and over again to looks perfect. Allowing for variability, allowing for repetitions to look different within the session, within the exercise. And that way your athletes, again, cannot strive for perfection, but can strive for adaptability. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to our show. This podcast is brought to you by Emergence. Emergence is a movement skill education company that was created to bring greater clarity and applicability to the ideas that form an ecological dynamics framework. As more and more people start adopting a modern approach to skill acquisition, one of the problems can not only be the understanding of these topics, but also their application. This is where Emergence comes in. Emergence was founded to give sport coaches and practitioners the tools and knowledge to unlock your athlete's movement potential and help deepen your understanding of sport movement. With courses that range from the more theoretical-based to more practical-based, Emergence has something for everyone. As someone who's taken many Emergence courses prior to ever being a part of the company, I can't overstate the tremendous impact that those courses have had on my career. Courses like Reconceptualizing the Warm-Up, underpinnings, and the Movement Academy have helped me become much more knowledgeable, but more importantly, a much better coach. If you want to learn more about Emergence and truly expand your knowledge of sport movement, then check out the Emergence website to see their different offerings. If you're new to this approach and maybe just want to dip your toes in the water, then I suggest the Practitioner's Bundle, 
which is a nice entry into some of these ideas. The Emergence website is emergentmovement.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-E-N-T-M-V-M-T.com. Again, that's E-M-E-R-G-E-N-T-M-V-M-T.com. I will also link to all of this in the show notes. Now, back to our show. All right, so we are on to our second point for today's episode. And that second point, point number two, is going to be allow for exploration. Again, allow for exploration. Another way of saying that is to allow your athletes to explore. This is something that is very difficult for us as coaches because we come from a background where everything is traditionally laid out from activity one to activity 10, from step A to step Z and everything in between. To allow for exploration means to step back a little bit and allow your athletes to take control, to take the wheel, and then you as a coach sit in the passenger's seat. Again, this is something that's very difficult, particularly if you're new to this ecological approach. But there are several benefits of this, in my opinion. When you allow your athletes to explore a little bit, they begin to explore the edges of their action capabilities, of their action boundaries. And you can do that also by nudging them, whether it be through instruction, cueing, or designing your environment to explore. If you don't ever allow them to explore and expand their movement toolbox, expand their action capabilities, then what happens when that is called upon in a game-like situation? They will likely not be able to do that. So that is one of the major benefits of this approach. In addition to that, when you allow your athletes to be to explore, they often become more attuned, right? For an example, even taking away from maybe an on-field setting, if we think about like a weight room setting or something that we do over at Ignite Performance, is allowing our athletes to explore and own portions of their warm-up. That could be as simple as having them squat, lunge in a way that is unique to them, encouraging them to get in positions that they wouldn't necessarily think of, but not telling them how to do it, which is the key. And so sometimes our athletes will then go through their warm up and notice, hmm, I need a little bit more of this, right? So they become more attuned to themselves. They become more attuned to how they're feeling that day. And then they can then own their warm up, right? We don't know exactly, we're not living in their, their bodies or their heads. So we don't know exactly what each athlete needs. We can assume. But then by them taking ownership, they can control that process and then they can utilize that framework well beyond uh, when they're out of your care, which is eventually going to happen. The other thing is that they become can become more attuned to their environment. You know, maybe if it's a warm up and they're throwing the ball in different ways, we're asking them to explore different arm slots or different ways of catching the ball. They're going to then become more attuned to ball flight information. They potentially can become more attuned of if I throw the ball this way with this arm slot, this was the result. Or how can I throw it accurately by adjusting my release point to throw it to that person uh, across to me? That's just an example. But in general, as coaches, I believe we need to have a portion of your practice that is a little less structured. Maybe you're not ready to go whole hog and completely adopt an ecological approach completely. But at least think about ways where you warm up or parts of your most rigid parts of practice, maybe your warm up. And can you allow for your athletes to explore a little bit more? 
Can you help co-create with them, alongside of them, activities that they have input in, right? They're going to, they're going to, A, it's going to be fun. They're going to enjoy it. And you're going to allow them to have greater ownership and autonomy over the process, which I think at the end of the day, as coaches, we want our athletes to succeed in environments across all spans, right? Not just our environment. So that's an easy way that you can make your practice a little bit more ecological. All right, so the last point we're gonna be making today, and I think this is a very important one, and this really goes down to shifting the mindset of what the role of a coach is. And that point is allowing the environment to speak for you. Again, I'll repeat it because it's important. Allowing the environment to speak for you. Now, what that does not mean is that you as a coach cannot speak. Absolutely. You can go there and speak and you can guide an athlete's intentions and attention into how they may go about solving a movement problem. But what that does mean is that you are removing you as an athlete, excuse me, you as a coach acting as a puppeteer to, to telling your athletes exactly how to move by speaking to them. Like you've all seen this, right? During, during a drill that some coaches will do, they will speak to their athletes in the drill. This creates, in my opinion, over-reliance on the coach. In addition to that, the athlete's attention, their focus should be on the movement problem in front of them. And this takes, that, takes them away from that. If we want our athletes to ultimately become true, adaptable problem solvers on the field, then they need to be able to problem solve, perceive what's in front of them, not worry about the, the, uh, unspe- the, the non-specifying information like a coach yelling at them during a drill and be able to see and perceive what's in front of them and then respond accordingly, right, in real time and continuously. And so when we don't allow our athletes to do that, we, again, we create an over-reliance upon the coach. So what does that mean practically for, for you as a coach? If you want an athlete or you are hoping to nudge an athlete, right? Because again, you can't superimpose a model. You can't superimpose how you want an athlete to move, right? We can't say you have to move like this because the solution that you have in your head as a coach might not be the right one for that athlete. Think about the individual constraints, the differences in our shared history between myself and maybe one of the athletes I work with. If I'm working with a football player who's 6'2", plays wide receiver, that is not my life. I am not 17 years old in high school. I am certainly not 6'2". So the solutions that may work for me may not work for that athlete. He may see it. She may see it in a different light than I can. So we don't want to superimpose and tell an athlete exactly how to move. So if we do want our athlete to possibly, if we do want to nudge them maybe towards an affordance that we'd like them to select, again, they may reject it because, again, they have a different human movement system. They have different individual constraints. But if I want to nudge them, instead of telling them, hey, cut this way, right? If it's a one-on-one invasion situation, right? That's easy to see. So I'll use that as as an example. Instead of doing that, maybe I tell the defender, I'm the defender. I play them in a way that highlights that affordance. So if I want them to cut to their left, maybe I will then overplay them on their right side, right? So then that highlights that affordance that they will hopefully, hopefully act on. It could also be, you know, if we're taking, say, the sport of volleyball, if you want a, a an outside hitter, 
to hit to a certain spot of the court. Rather than telling them that, you may have the defense shade in a certain way that highlights that affordance. So that way they act on that. They hit across the court or they hit down the line because of the way the middle blockers and the defense is positioned. So that are just two examples of what you can do in, in your practice to highlight certain affordances. And then again, allow the environment to speak for you. It's important to know that that does not mean that the athlete will select that affordance, right? That does not mean it may take many repetitions. You may have to, again, you can speak to them. As I said earlier, you can guide them through questions like, hey, what do you see? Do you see any other ways that you could solve this problem or an example of language that you could use, right? You allow that athlete to search for solutions themselves while nudging them and allowing your environment to speak for you. That is it, folks. That is all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that this provided some practical takeaways for you so that you can apply them into your practice setting tomorrow. Of course, there are many other ways, many different ways than the ways I shared with you today, but these were ways that I feel like are some of the easier ones to get started, but yet have an outsized impact on the quality of your practice. One thing I do want to add in that I did not mention, I forgot to mention in the segment about variability, and that is that variability can also be a powerful way to potentially reduce injury risk. Rob Gray recently on his podcast discussed a study that came out and assessed more variability and how that can reduce ACL injury markers. The same author of the the study also had one come out a while back about soccer players and how it reduced ACL risk, how a more variable practice design, practice setting, reduce some of the markers for ACL uh, injuries. So again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked today's episode, share it on social media or better yet, write us a review on the platform of your choice. To stay up to date with the podcast, check out the podcast website, theadaptableathlete.com. To see what we have going on over at Emergence, check out the Emergence website. That is Emergent Movement, M-V-M-T. Again, that's EmergentMVMT.com. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, we'll see you on the Adaptable Athlete Podcast.